This is the Art of Darkness podcast with Kevin Kautzman. And Brad Kelly. We're a couple of very online writers interested in the dark side of what drives creative people to create against all odds. This show is about art and the people who make it, what it costs them, and what it takes to bring something unique and impactful into the world. Each episode, we excavate the life and work of an artist you might think you know. Don't worry, they're all safely dead. On every episode, we try and find out just what the hell was wrong with them and how they worked through their darkness to create something that lives on after them and continues to move culture. Find us online at artofdarkpod.com and on Twitter at artofdarkpod. We're back with another episode of your favorite niche podcast about the, ah, maybe not so niche-ish. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, this is not the Nietzsche episode. We're, we're here for a uh, dark room with, well, it's, it's like Brad said, it's couch mania. Uh, in, in, before we started recording all week, my, my very own brother, Kellen is here and we are going to talk more about the father of LSD, the American father of LSD, mm-hmm. Timmy mm-hmm. Leary, by way of baby bumbling, bibbling, bobbling. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's like a warm up. Yeah. Yes. Kellen, welcome to Art of Darkness. Welcome to the darkroom. How are you? I love you and I, I miss oh. you and I care about you. <laughs> and uh, Kevin uh, yeah. instilled something by way of my mind to um, <laughs> to the kids, to Annika and Phoenix. And that was, I don't know how many years ago it was, but he just, he hit me with one of those, I'm proud of you. And he meant mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell everyone I'm, I'm proud of him now, but that was mm-hmm. the, the genesis of yeah. the, me telling everyone that I'm proud of them all the time. Oh, this is beautiful. I love this. Men need to be a little more emotional with one another in terms of effusive praise. Mm. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we're very quick to criticize in the culture and we are very quick to gripe and point out the negative and shy to talk about when we feel great and when Mm -hmm. things are growing, going well in an earnest way that isn't a pissing contest. Right. And so I did mean that, Kellen, and I am proud of you. Tell people before we before we really dig into the episode. Tell people a little bit about yourself, what you're, what you got going on, and and again, this is a dark room. We're gonna focus on Timmy Leary here, but by way of Baba Ramdas. And mm-hmm. if you've listened to the the Timmy Leary core episode, you'll have a sense of obviously the good doctor and what he was up to. We went for what three? Oh no! Wait, we went for four hours and four 20, hours minutes. twenty minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> by accident, <laughs> and uh, totally by accident. wasn't planned at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know, we didn't necessarily go that deeply into that relationship and how intimate and and important that that bromance was that they had. So we're gonna we're gonna touch on that a little further. But first, Kellen, uh, tell listeners of the pod about yourself. What you got going on? Well, they're here for the Baba Ramdas. So let's talk yeah. about him by way of, of my the way I currently um, interact with uh, my body. Um, I am a firm believer uh, that the biological machine of the human body 
is precisely that. Um, I've been listening to a lot of near-death experience um, podcasts. Um, shout out to Jeff Mara, Jeff Mara podcast. And there's a lot of similar through lines um, to what, you know, Ram Dass was talking about uh, via Neem Karoli Baba, mm -hmm. um, which is essentially uh, when people die, they tend to perceive themselves as a continuous consciousness that consciousness can see in all 360 degrees. It moves at the speed of thought um, and it is not bound by time nor space. And that they they recognize that everything that we experience on this planet is uh, by choice and that was chosen prior to our incarnation. So we wanted this um, for very specific reasons. And one of the Ram Dass um, pieces of wisdom that I found uh, so intoxicating is um, a old Hindu practice, which is starting with your fingernails and saying, I'm not my fingernails. Most people can can get there. That's not hard. Um, I'm not my hair. Well, sure. I'm not my hair. I can't even feel it. Okay. Well, I'm not my heart. Well, <laughs> well yeah. Brad, suppose... Brad is definitely not his hair. I've, I've, I subscribe to this completely. I am not my hair at all. <laughs> Brad has wonderful <laughs> eyebrows that I hope you can envision if you're just listening to the podcast. Imagine the most spectacular eyebrows. Spelt. He's like a dolphin <laughs> on land. <laughs> and of course, we are we are now on YouTube at youtube.com slash at art of dark pod. You can find all our links at artofdarkpod.com. We always do an additional 20 or 30 minutes for Patreon. Patreon.com slash Art of Dark Pod. Those little mini episodes after each episode are called After Dark. And I know Brad and Kellen will come back to your uh, epic train of thought there. But uh, Brad has something prepared for today's After Dark. So if you want more, what are you going to get uh, on, on today's After Dark, Brad? Yeah, we're going to go a little bit deeper into the uh, controversy at Harvard that uh, ousted Ramdas, Richard Alpert at the time, and Tim Leary. And we're going to discuss how a man who would later become a very prominent figure in this sort of integrative health world, um, organic food world, all of that was uh, played a key role in getting them kicked out of Harvard. Um, and it's a very interesting story. It's cons there's conspiratorial elements. It's it's backstabbing. It's jealousy. It's bitter rivalry. All of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Perfect for after dark. Patreon.com yeah. slash art of dark pod. Get in now. Three dollars goes to five on Jan first. If you get in now, give yourself a Christmas present, a Hanukkah present, a Kwanzaa, whatever, whatever yeah. you what, just a secular. Uh, mm -hmm. you, hey, listen, you reincarnated and chose before you were born you chose to subscribe to the patreon so get in now uh yeah really exciting stuff and the book club coming up you know about mm -hmm. that by now mm -hmm. hopefully uh kellen go on you were you were really uh quite quite deep there so we were imagining our i'm not my finger i'm not my hair so kevin and brad aren't going to guarantee complete and total spiritual enlightenment for uh you know yeah. signing up for patreon but i will ah. wow oh wow it's gonna I give will. you the real he's gonna give you the real secrets waves of enlightenment um wow. if you are to uh help these two individuals in their spiritual journey well um, you know what's I. funny kellen 
you've been going on uh, or you've been not going on listening to near death podcasts and now you are on a death podcast mm -hmm. yeah. every single one of our subjects uh, is dead so yeah. you're you've crossed to the other side my friend very exciting and you know it's fun here it's warm mm -hmm. it's like yeah. an unconditional hug I, I'm very, I'm interested. I, I'm very interested that you tapped into that near death experience as, as a way of talking about Ram Dass and his teaching. I've listened to my share of that stuff with a half skeptical eye. And man, after you get through about, I don't know, 10 or 15 of these stories, it's pretty hard to argue against these people, I think. Uh, and I certainly don't have the grounding to argue against them. And, and then, you, and then, like you're saying, then you actually have to reckon, you're, cosmological conception has to reckon with this it's 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 <laughs> it's literally mind-blowing yeah i think that jesus had a near-death experience i think he literally died um had these experiences that thousands and thousands of people have had uh pushed open that stone wall of that cave and two thousand years ago it just it became the story that wow. no one could tell another story for for all that time because it was just that epic um, because you do you see God you meet God and God gives you all kinds of fun stuff to think about <laughs> and then says back to your body you go your your mission's not over quick segue um we are in the midst of producing a documentary film through um a uh, non-profit that I am the chair of called Hopelink and I met a homeless gentleman, his name's William. First time I interviewed him, he talked about wheeling his wheelchair into oncoming traffic because sleeping when it's 31 degrees out with no food in Las Vegas is not exactly uh, five-star accommodations. He cooks his ramen noodles in the sunlight. Um, and he, uh, we had a conversation on film. And then the next month when I came back for another round of interviews, he had been hit by a bus and died. Um, oh. So William had a near-death experience um, and came back and he had just that classic died, met God, in his case, met Jesus. Some people mm -hmm. see their, their complete self. Some people see all sorts of, there's all sorts of fun stuff that happens when people die. Um, he happened to meet Jesus, came back. Um, and then believe it or not, um, I, he was in my heart the other day and I went to downtown to find him as he was having a heart attack. And so got him onto a uh, into an ambulance. So my sense of love is the fundamental uh, vibration that makes up the the fabric of space and time is um, definitely on my mind a lot lately. I'm I am all in on this wow. notion, and this is all because of Ramdas. I mean, Ramdas. Mm. There is like if you if I had to pick a guru, it's Ramdas. Mm. You know, it is. I mean, Christ growing up, sure. You know, me and a whole bunch of other people. Jesus was definitely one of those big motivators for me. Siddhartha Gautama. I think he probably starved himself to death under the Bodhi tree. Um, mm. He probably had a near death experience too. Came back with the whole idea of samsara, the wheel of time, multiple incarnations. Um, and so, what do, you, what do you think? Sorry, this is something I've been thinking about, and I've been meaning to research. What do you think about the notion that baptisms originally were oh, intentional drownings. drownings to cause near-death experiences? I think that is absolutely what they were, and yeah. that's so interesting that you said that. Yeah, you know, drugs kill you, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, <laughs> they kill yeah. you. Yeah. And it's the artists flirting with death that causes these out-of-body experiences as a reminder of what you actually are. Right, right. So, right. so Ram Dass. 
Well, yes. and 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 I mean, this is part of what this is part of what the psychedelic experience that Timothy Leary was was such an advocate for, and other people, and, and Ramdas was as well. Uh, he tempered it a little bit later in his career, but especially early on. I mean, it was it was give acid to basically anybody who who could handle it, um, and maybe some people who couldn't. And part of the idea of that is a especially when you tie it to the sort of the shamanic tradition is you're going to go through what at least feels like a death, even if physically that's not what's happening to your actual living systems. It is experientially very much like a death and thereby hopefully you will gain some of the same wisdom and insights for, that people do when they actually do have these death experiences. Oh, you're on you're I mean, just hitting the nail on the head. Yeah, I mean, yeah. ayahuasca kills you. Yeah. Vomiting. I mean, yeah. people are smoking toad venom. <laughs> I mean, this mm. it's killing you, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and but here's the thing about death. I mean, you wanna you want to uh, get big muscles? Well, you gotta destroy some muscles along the way, don't you? Right. You gotta rip those muscle fibers, you gotta let them regrow. Um, you know, you gotta get kicked out of Harvard. <laughs> yeah, get kicked out of Harvard. How about I want know? to and I want to anchor us in time here now. Because I'm sure we could go on. We're available for children's parties, uh, right. whatever you want. Sweet 16s, bar mitzvahs, if you want to talk about that. Kevin. Yeah. Quinceañeras, <laughs> yeah. All inclusive. That, very good. The first time you show your your uh, your teen daughter or son or, or, or whatnot, uh, The Shining, that's that's a rite of passage. In, in Before life. and after. Listen to what yeah. we do, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, yeah, right. We will <laughs> We will do a trip sit. Well, well, they watch the shining. Actually, maybe you should do that with your own children. Yeah, you yeah. you pick you pick one. In any case, no. I have a I have a link from uh, Harvard University. That's a good school mm. uh, that I heard. I think Epstein had an office there, but we'll we'll yeah, forgive him that. That's... Yeah. Uh, in any case, this is from the uh, Department of Psychology at Harvard University, where of course uh, Baba Ramdas was. Richard Elpert, uh, mm -hmm. and Timmy Leary was, of course, Dr. Timothy Leary. Uh, Elpert came from money, didn't he? He came from... He did. His dad, right? his dad, I believe, came from rail, railroad money, I believe, uh, is primarily where it came from. But then would become involved in a number of, uh, you know, sort of civic... He, he, he put forward some of the money and helped to found Brandeis University. Uh -huh, right. I, I yeah. recall that from, I think, the episode. And famously, Ramdas, during his many speeches, would often say that he was middle class. And <laughs> so sometimes he would say upper middle class. And that was one of the things for all of the ways that I love Ramdas that I would always turn my head to the side a little bit and go, yeah. were you though? Middle class? I don't know. Do you know what middle means? Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the most abused terms, phrases in the English right. language. Is yeah, middle, middle, middle means there's some people above you, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, in any yeah. case, here's their article. Uh 1920 to 1996, and this is Timmy Leary, of course, that's his, The Effects of Psychotropic Drugs. One of the stranger claims to fame of the Department of Psychology at Harvard is that it was once home to two of the leading figures in the 1960s counterculture and culture of psychedelic drugs. In 1960, two promising young psychologists at Harvard, Timothy Leary and Richard Elpert, began to explore the ex effects of psychotropic substances on the human mind. They reasoned that psychology is the study of the mind, including its relationship to the brain, body, and environment. Psychology, they argued, 
has a legitimate interest in how cognition, perception, and emotion are affected by mind-altering substances. At the time, the possible dangers of researching such substances were not as well known as they were in subsequent decades. With a PhD in psychology from Stanford, Richard Elpert came to Harvard in 1953 as an assistant professor. In the early part of his career, Elpert conducted personality and social psychology research. Timmy Leary received his PhD in psychology from Berkeley and came to lecture at Harvard in 59. Leary's early research focused on the interaction of dimensions of personality and social relationships. He also worked as a psychotherapist. Shortly after Leary's arrival at Harvard, he and Elpert started the Harvard Psilocybin Project. Psilocybin is an entheogenic hallucinogen, which naturally occurs in certain species of mushrooms. Leary and Elpert sought to document its effects on human consciousness by administering it to volunteer subjects. Yeah, volunteers. Sign me up. <laughs> and recording their real-time descriptions of the experience. At the time of Leary and Elpert's research at Harvard, neither LSD nor psilocybin were illegal substances in the U.S. By 1962... Various faculty members and administrators at Harvard were concerned about the safety of Leary and Elpert's research, uh, research subjects and critiqued the rigor of their unorthodox methodology. <laughs> In particular, the researchers conducted their investigations when they, too, were under the influence of psilocybin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Leary and Elpert's colleagues challenged the scientific merit of their research, as well as the seemingly cavalier attitude with which it was carried out, that is to say, poorly controlled conditions, non-random selection of subjects. Editorials printed in the Harvard Crimson accused Elpert and Leary of not merely researching psychotropic drugs, but actively promoting their recreational use. Just two more paras here. Leary and Elpert insisted on the scientific purpose of their endeavors and agreed to policies intended to protect their subjects, including a prohibition on participation by undergraduate students. <laughs> Undergrad, when you get to grad school, suddenly you can handle uh, it, I guess. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. You've been hooked in enough by the culture. Clearly, it yeah. can't damage you this that much anymore. <laughs> You're already so far gone. Initially, they're just graduate students. Right. <laughs> Give them all the drugs you want. Initially, Leary and Albert uh, only used volunteer, if not fully informed graduates. Well, there are there is no such thing as a fully informed mm -hmm. graduate student, if not but, fully informed. But listen, graduate, you're not yeah, you're not on. paying the graduate students. You got to incentivize them somehow. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> listen, yeah, you're going to have to take out some serious loans, but. Uh, we've got some uh, drugs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, ironically, it really hasn't changed much, has it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, however, in the spring of 1963, Harvard was forced to dismiss Alpert after he administered psilocybin to an undergraduate student. Oh, wait, campus. let's save the rest of that for After Dark. That gets okay. into our After Dark ter territory. But that's a also a little presage of what we're going to talk about in the After Dark. All right. So, I, yeah. I want to finish uh, finish this real quick. Leary was yeah. also fired from the university, and the Harvard Psilocybin Project came to an abrupt, abrupt end. Mm -hmm. Discredited by their lack of scientific rigor and failure to observe established research guidelines, Timmy Leary and Richard Elpert were both banished from academia. But that was far from the end of their public lives. Both men went on to become icons of the psychedelic drug counterculture and human potential movement. Leary became famous for the slogan, tune in, turn on, drop out. Elpert, under the name Baba Ramdas, wrote a popular book called Be Here Now, described as a modern spiritual classic. And that is Harvard 
mm. their psychology department reconciling yeah. with the fact that they produced these two or they didn't produce anyway. They yeah. they sent into Exodus these two major figures who, of course, continue to influence and move culture. Yeah, in a huge in a huge way, both of them in slightly different ways, though. Right. I mean, they 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 were friends. I, I don't. There was we we were mentioning there was a document there is a documentary about the nature of their friendship and how towards the end of uh, Timothy Leary's life he and Ramdas kind of came back together and mended fences. I mean I don't think Ramdas didn't really keep enemies, right? So you know the, the <laughs> there there's not really going to be a grudge, a long standing grudge grudge with Ramdas. I just don't think that that was in his nature. Um, but they did start out. Um, Interestingly, Kevin, I was doing some reading um, in preparation for the After Dark, and a lot of the stuff that was going on with Tim Leary, you know, not being at Harvard, going down to to do mushrooms in Mexico and that kind of thing. Um, and this was after his wife had died, as we discussed in the core episode. Tim Leary's wife had died. Ramdas killed herself. Yeah, she killed herself. Richard Alper was actually babysitting the Leary children. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So there was a there was a time period where Albert actually lived in Leary's house and was 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 the dad. <laughs> and he was single parenting Leary's children for periods of time, which I just thought found really, really interesting. When did he become Baba Ramdas? Oh, okay. So let's let's touch on a few things. Uh so on Ramdas's puja table, which in the Hindu tradition is um, when I was a Hare Krishna. Let's start there. Okay, I used to be yeah. a Hare Krishna, yeah. uh, which is super fun. Not sure if you ever gone down that particular path, but wow, <laughs> that's good times. Yeah. Um, so I think at- we should go hard into your Hare Krishna ex- experience on the After Dark. Can do that. Yeah. Can we? Are you? Are you willing to talk more about it there later? Sure. So let's let's Fun. put it to you. Let's put there's just I mean, how many hours do we have? So the <laughs> anyway, there's this thing called the puja table, um, which is very common. And in Ram Dass's puja table, what he did at one point was he put Neem Karoli Baba and George Bush up on his puja table at the same time, because the spiritual practice of loving everyone. And when I say one, I don't mean people. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's a one you need to love it. So that's the atom of cancer inside of you right now. It's, you know, the worst demonic sort of force you can imagine on planet Earth. It's the most mundane force on planet Earth. It's a speck it's, of wind. It's love the people everyone. who listen to dozens of episodes of Art of Darkness and don't <laughs> subscribe. Too. We love mm-hmm. you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as, as difficult as it is. So, you know, that that's Ram Dass in, in a nutshell, mm-hmm. right? So the idea that he would hold a, a, a long-term standing grudge with Timothy Leary is exactly what Brad just yeah. mentioned. It doesn't, it doesn't really fit his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is reminds me of, there's something, uh, there's a Ram Dass teaching that, that is to me, and not that he invented it, but where I got it from anyway, that's one of the simplest and yet most challenging things I've ever tried to integrate into my life. And I think about it constantly. I, I have reminders of it all over the place. He's, and it comes to this love everyone thing. It's love everyone and tell the truth. Yeah. And at first it seems like that's, oh, fine. Yeah, of course, those are two. But the the the, the power and the, the, the challenge of them is actually how those two things contradict each other. 
how difficult it is. You think you're trying to, you think you're being loving towards somebody, but you're actually kind of being dishonest, right? And trying to get those two things happening at the same time is like a lifelong challenge in my in my experience. So I think that's um, so beautiful. That's so true. And honestly, I'm just doing the first one. Right. Um, I have said the words and some people believe that I'm not even the one saying them in my own head. You know, there are those that say that your mind is just a radio tuner and I'm tuned into a frequency in which I hear the words love everyone Mm -hmm. on repeat for years. (laughs) It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so Kevin asked a question. Um, so Ramdas, uh, I'm sorry, Richard Alpert was in what he referred to as somebody training. And he says that pretty much everyone is in somebody training. Um, oh, you got to be somebody, a lawyer, a doctor, or this or that. And so we kind of put on this personality suit. And at Harvard, him and Leary were obviously very disillusioned with Freudian psychology and psychoanalysis and everything that was kind of in vogue in that world at that time. And he ends up, you know, after getting fired, um, kind of feeling like what he was doing wasn't actually helping anybody, you know, like it wasn't really in service to anyone. Now, it's a good thing that his father owned a uh, owned a uh, uh, very whatever he did, you know, had a lot of money because when he ended up going to India um, with fists full of acid, um, he, you know, was looking for Mr. Guru. And I think it's so funny that he judged gurus in India based on their reaction to acid. So he would find these gurus and he would go, hey, you know, I got this, this, this drug, whatever, this magic tablet. And they, if they were greedy or they wanted it, he's like, yeah, you're not the real deal. Like, look at all that attachment. You're like, give me the drugs. I want to try them. And then they all trip balls. And he's like, yeah, you're not for me. And he just kept going around and he just couldn't find anybody um, that kind of fit that idea. Which is, which sorry, which is interesting because it's not like he thought LSD was fraudulent in any way. He was, my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, Colin, was he was trying to, his notion, part of his idea of going to India to find a guru was he never wanted to come down, right? It was like mm. LSD had gotten into this spiritually, spiritual, what he thought of as some kind of spiritually advanced, advanced probably isn't the right word, place. And he never wanted to come down. As soon as the LSD wore off, you came down. And then, so if you can find a guru who's unimpressed by acid, then they must have the secret to staying, quote, high all the time. This would be a great idea for uh, maybe a short film or a feature film about Baba Ram Das. You, mm. you do it like a spaghetti Western, but it's called A Fistful <laughs> of Ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I would watch that. Uh, well, I'd watch that would, too. Right. right. At least two it. of us. Yeah, he draws <laughs> it and... So you guys, you know, freak out. But then he gets to Neem Curly Bobby Baba and gives acid to Neem so Curly let's, Baba. Let's let's okay. Let's if I may. So mm-hmm. um, all right. So he's he's in um, India and he um, he keeps yeah dropping you know trying to get acid to everybody. Um, and yes, you were right. The way he described it was getting kicked out of heaven. Mm-hmm. He's like, get to heaven, get kicked out of heaven, go to heaven, get. He's like, you know. So it's it's just not. Right. It's not permanent. So mm-hmm. he he ends up meeting a Westerner, which is always the irony. He met this uh, like surfer dude who, who is this total like Hindu barefoot hippie guy. 
um, whose name I can't recall. And that, that guy is kind that of Bhag- became... Bhagavan Das. Oof. Yeah, somebody look yeah. it up, you know, but uh, yeah, we're not right. doing whoever this was uh, the justice he deserves. But um, he was this, you know, sort of had been in India longer, had been hanging out with these sort of things longer. And his guru was named Karoli Baba. And so they went on this sort of pilgrimage and this as monks, essentially. So they were wearing the full uh, uh, robes and people would give them food. And in India, obviously, the culture is very, very different. They will um, support you as a holy man, um, regardless of whether you're a Westerner. It's just, you know, you're a holy man. And and so these these this ragtag team was trying to find Neem Karoli Baba and Ramda. Oh, I'm sorry, Richard, Richard, Dr. Alpert. You know, former Harvard professor is now basically having this kid from, I think, Santa Monica kind of tour him (laughs) around India. You know, so what a fall from grace in regards to like status, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, so anyway, he's all barefoot and it's hot and it's awful. And he's and and they're just looking for this stupid guru, you know, like, where's this dove? I want to swear so badly. Where's this guru? Um, You could fucking swear on this pod. Yeah, I know. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm so used to being on podcasts where you can't swear. Um, Oh, no. Yeah, I'll get over it. Um, And uh, so he's like, how do you find this guy? And he's like. Hey man, you know, yeah. this this is different. Like you find right. them when God wants you to find them. That's yeah. just how this goes, man. And so they they go on this, you know, long track to finally show up and and then they do. At long last, they, you know, they they stumble upon, you know, through the word of mouth and everything where named Crowley Bob is at. And um I think the first interaction, oh, the first thing the the hippie friend does is a full uh, I always jack up this word, uh prostration. Is that mm-hmm. the word to That's prostrate the word. at the feet of someone? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and so he's like feet on this guy or um, what was it? Uh, like lips on this guy's feet, sort of like, you know, God incarnate, you know, thou shalt bow down sort of thing. And Dr. Alpert's like, fuck this. Right. Like, this is not, I have no interest in this is fucking Looney Tunes land. And what have I got myself into? And this is the worst um and he's like all right and then the first thing that neem Crowley baba says to ramdas and for all the ramdas aficionados out there i apologize if i'm butchering the story but in my memory it's um oh got a nice car there because they took his like fancy car because he's middle class right um <laughs> and uh and he, he says, has a yeah. car in india in india he's right, tootling right, right. around right yeah no it was actually class. like a friend's car i forget oh, okay. how he got it but it doesn't oh, matter right. Fair it, no it was Fair a friend's enough. car it was a friend's car and okay. um and nim crowley baba says to him um it says to him you give it to me <laughs> and he's like yeah. uh, 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 you know and he's yeah. just fucking with them you know, just right. um and um and so he kind of gets into the camp and this, that, and the third. And and he has he has like no dialogue with name Crowley Bob at all. But um that night uh, he's looking up at the stars, um, and uh he's thinking about his mom, uh, Richard is, um, who died of uh spleen cancer, I want to say. I think that's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes to bed, wake up, and then Neem Crowley Baba the next day comes up to him and he says, Last night you were thinking about your mom. And he goes, uh, and he goes, she died, spleen. And he's like, oh, shit. And that's where his whole, because then his mind had to do the, there's no internet. No one in India knows anything about my mother. How does this like weird looking dude with a blanket over him know any of this shit? Like, and it, bl- it blew his mind. He blew his mm-hmm. mind without acid. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, oh, okay. All right. And then he ended up giving Neem Crowley Baba acid. Um, and like when he presented it, he was very nonchalant about it. He's like, he didn't care. He's like, fuck, whatever. Um, but when he took it, he he gave him like a mega dose, some like ridiculous amount of acid. And this is Alpert like, in his acid. Hey, they see he, he knows the <laughs> amount of acid that will like force you to like sit on God's lap and tell him what you want for Christmas. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and so anyway. Oh, oh, oh uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just quick aside, some near-death people literally describe the voice of God as like Santa. It's so funny. Really? That's hilarious. Yeah, they say they're like, hey man, sound like Santa to me. Um, cozy. Cozy. <laughs> it's all so gonna work out. Gives him it's the fistful of acid out. and he um and he uh no change that was the mm. big sort of mo- right. moment was like this fucker did not change he just mm. was sort of the same old same old and then the neem Kroll bobby baba stories he ended up writing a book of his miracles um neem Crowley baba did crazy there was crazy yeah. shit. like whatever it- magic you think exists in the universe he would just put the blanket over his head and then like astrally project places and like give mm. messages to people and i'll tell one quick neem Crowley baba story because i have no idea where this falls in in the Ram Das timeline. But anyway, um, Richard Alpert is given the name Ram Das. Das means servant. Ram is from the Ramayana, um, which it which is the story of Ram, which is the incarnation of God um, and his wife getting stolen. Um and so Take in the Ramayana, wife, please. Yeah. <laughs> I forget the name of the demon. Um, but there was this enlightened oh, okay. demon. All right. Yeah. There was this enlightened demon in the Ramayana um, who had all these like millions of incarnations. And then his final incarnation was a demonic one, which is so different in Hinduism than it is from in my experience in Western traditions, which is you would never look at Satan and go, ah, this is just as an incarnation before total like divine embrace with God. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's not a narrative you hear in Christianity much, Um, Mm -hmm. but in Hinduism it is. um, And Ravana, the demon Ravana. Um, steals, I forget her name, Gopti. Anyway, Ram's wife. And you might be familiar with Hanuman, um, which is a big through line with Ram Das too, because Hanuman right. is like his his spirit animal, basically. Uh, Hanuman goes to save Ram's wife, comes back, and this is a Ram Das story that's famous. Um, so Hanuman comes back after saving Ram's wife from the evil demon demon Ravana, and Ram God says to Hanuman, "I will give you anything." In all of the universes that have ever or will ever exist, it's yours for saving my wife. What do you want? And Hanuman's um, answer to God is, release me from the tentacles of egoism. (laughs) So that's fun. (laughs) I wish for three more wishes. Right. That's what I'm wishing for. (laughs) Why three more? Gotcha. never saw it coming (laughs) right and of course and of course the the fact that we all have infinite wishes is the point um Mm -hmm. but anyway so he's given ram das as you know so that's ram um from the ramayana and then you know hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare hare the last part of the maha mantra is hare rama hare rama Mm -hmm. rama rama hare hare which is ram right Mm -hmm. So, so anyway, Ram Das um, gets his name, Servant of Ram, um, and uh, that's pretty beautiful. 
Yeah. Mm. What, well, wasn't there, wasn't there, there's so many places you can go with the whole Neem Karoli Baba and there, you're right about the miracles. It's, there, there's so much cool stuff there. And for people who aren't familiar, go dig into it. I think you'll find something interesting and something valuable in that and in, in all of it. And it's easy to find some of this stuff too. Ramdas, Ramdas is one of the great talkers of the 20th century. And so there's hours and hours and hours and hours of recorded talk. He's very frequently weaving his personal story in with with sort of more spiritual messages. So it's kind of all there. But didn't Neem Karoli Baba tell Ram Dass explicitly, like, don't tell anybody about me? When you go back to the United States, don't say a word about me. You know, um, that's I love that because I've you may have heard... What is his name? And I promise I want to I want to hear the rest of the story. Um, yes. What's this? Oh, he's so famous right now. Um, it'll come to me. But he says that we cannot think in negatives. It's mm. impossible that the human mind does not perceive negative. So um, don't think of a pink elephant. Right, right. So the perfect thing to tell someone is don't tell anyone because you're yeah, saying no. the words tell anyone. And right. that's all you the brain hears. Right. The first exactly. rule of what's this guy's name? <laughs> what of Neem Karola Baba? Neem yeah, Karola the Baba? first rule of Neem Karola Baba is you do not talk about Neem Karola Baba. <laughs> right, exactly. Don't make In the whole famous. world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but no, I, it's true. It's it's it he knew he knew that Ramdas was going to immediately gonna go home and, and talk about it, right? Um and 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 this is this is common throughout I mean, this is to me is God saying, Hey, don't eat the apple. That was that was sure. you should probably eat the apple. Right. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, sure. uh, but it's just a fascinating part of the story because Ramdas Ram Dass immediately comes home and disobeys that and is spreading the Neem Karoli, Neem Karoli Baba gospel, as it were, throughout the United States. At the same time that Tim Leary is spreading the tune in. What is it? Tune in, turn on and drop out. message so. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, and, thing, and Timmy, oh, Timmy always sort of uh, cleaved to science. He mm -hmm. kept a veneer of the the scientism about him. Brad, it sounds yeah. like you have something else, but then I have a couple of more readings to kind of bring us back it. to. Okay, well, yeah. one is from Timothy Leary, a biography by Robert Greenfield, which we leaned on during the core episode. I just want to, I don't think we need to worry too much about linear time during this no. episode about <laughs> these great fistful of acid gurus. Um, here's a bit about Alpert. A self-professed mediocre student who had failed to win admittance to Harvard as an undergraduate and instead had attended Tufts and Wesleyan, Alpert's Harvard faculty position meant far more to him than it ever did to Tim. Alpert taught courses in human motivation, Freudian theory, and child development. He held appointments in four different departments, social relations, psychology, the Graduate School of Education, and health services. Busy man. Mm -hmm. he, had also, he also had research contracts with Yale and Stanford to assist mm -hmm. him in his labors. So a rock star, young, yeah. on his way to tenure, a bi lot to bi lose. Yeah, bi-coastal in the 50s. Mm -hmm. kind of guy. Yeah, or he's taking the train. I'm gonna take the family rails. No, of course he not. was for a while. He was flying his own plane between the coasts. Okay, yeah. okay. I had the thought earlier that a good metaphor for acid now would be if you tried to explain it to some zoomer would be like you're having the greatest DM conversation that you've ever had, and then yeah. suddenly you're left on read. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. They, you know what, you know what I'm talking about, Kellen? They leave yeah. you on read. No idea what you're yeah. talking yeah. about. Yeah. You can see they've read your message, but they don't reply. They don't reply. Ah. Yeah. Uh, you've been uh, left that's, on that's read. Being, well, that's like being kicked out of heaven. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. For a um, zoomer. <laughs> right. Yeah. In any case, uh, when she leaves you on read, uh, to assist him in his labors, he had two secretaries and several graduate and undergraduate assistants. Adored by children, he was the godfather of David McClellan's twin sons, the son of George Elpert, a wealthy lawyer who had helped found Brandeis University and who, while serving as the president of the New Haven Railroad, owned a limousine with an extra set of steel wheels so it could run on train tracks. <laughs> <laughs> That's Richard, okay. he's... It's like a Batman like villain. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah, right. Richard <laughs> Elpert lived in an antique filled apartment in Cambridge. He owned a Mercedes Benz sedan, an MG sports car, a Triumph 500cc uh, motorcycle, a sailboat, and a Cessna, a Cessna 172 airplane. Totally. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. In New York City, he had access to the railroad's penthouse apartment on Park Avenue, company limousines, and the inner sanctums of Grand Central Sa- Station, which I think we talked about. Um, despite all of this, Elpert shared with Tim a, uh, Tim Leary a basic lack of contentment, not with just himself, self, but also with the material world. Elpert internalized his feelings, and he. this is him saying... In the face of this feeling of malaise, I ate more, collected more possessions, collected more appointments and positions and status, more sexual and alcoholic orgies, and more wildness in my life. After Tim introduced him to psychedelic mushrooms, Alpert would say, I knew I wasn't an intellectual. I'd gotten to Harvard on charm. I wasn't mm. real. I was a phony. But I had conned everybody, and here I was, a Harvard professor, so everyone assumed I knew, and they were going to give me tenure, and I could make believe I knew for the rest of my life. But I knew I didn't. After being with Timothy, a couple of things happened. I began to pra- uh, the practice of psychedelics, and I would look at my colleagues and realize they didn't know either. And that was fascinating, because these were the lions of academia, I was ready to devote my life to Timothy because I felt, now here is a man who is a real visionary. He sees through the system and he can truly stand back and look. We had so many extraordinary conversations. It was such fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, he he described his time with that personality of that somebodyness as wearing an ill-fitted suit. Mm-hmm. That's what his personality felt like at that time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, he does. He doesn't he talk something about he has some anecdote or allegory he tells about it's like it's like going to get a suit. You go to get a suit fit, but you're actually your posture is all screwed up. And so you try to tailor the suit around your terrible posture. And that's how you end up in this very weird situation he was in and this in this somebody training. And I know we we were kind of mocking a little bit and fairly the whole middle class thing. But like there is a certain potency and and a quality that kind of makes me raise my eyebrows is when you give all of that up because how many people really give all of that up not very many right it's a few lot and far lose. between exactly a lot to yeah. lose 
Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, that gives you any that gives the guy creed a lot of credence. I mean, for anybody who sort of thinks he's just a kind of a flim flam artist, it's fair to compare him, I would say, to the Buddha in that sense. Mm -hmm. This is a prince Mm -hmm. among men. uh, Yeah, he's an American in the 50s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's a he's a prince of the whole professional managerial industrial educational class. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And then I have another reading. This is from uh, The New Yorker with their mm. wonderful fonts. This is just a short reading, <laughs> but kind of... I always know uh, when it's a... Ladies and start. gentlemen, just he, Kevin needs a minute. Just enjoy the fonts, Kevin. Just, <laughs> yeah. take, just breathe them in. Uh, Very nice. Uh, as, <laughs> oh, boy. As is well known, Leary soon abandons uh, clinical protocols, distributing LSD and psilocybin to students and his friends. Leary and Alpert's nine-page 1962 summary of their initial research, Americans and Mushrooms in a Naturalistic Environment, a preliminary report. Hmm. May have been interesting to read, but in response to another proposed study, Leary's supervisors argued that the cause of long-term observational data was not well served by terms like groovy and (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) love engineering. Mm. Uh, Ulrich includes a letter to Leary from a Harvard faculty member instructing him to stop telling Sandoz, the the provider of psilocybin, that his experiments were for the academy. Mm. Harvard fired Leary in 1963 when his informal dispensary attracted too much controversy. With a, and anyway, it goes on. But yes, groovy probably doesn't belong <laughs> in the report. <laughs> oh, is that what I've been doing wrong? Is that why I what I was doing wrong when I was in academia? I used groovy a lot. <laughs> Admit the end of your PhD program. It's going to be a groovy time. <laughs> Uh, oh, man. Yeah. So what a wild uh, road for for these two fellows to get to get kicked out of uh, Harvard and then uh, for for uh, Ramdas to go to India. Did he came back from India as as Ramdas? Or did he funny take that? Sto- na- funny. St- yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he was given the name Ramdas, Baba Ramdas. Everyone just calls him Ramdas. And um, he he just he wrote be here now i want to say about that experience um and then became just like a global sensation just became this sort of cultural icon as you know his words a hindu um <laughs> he was very he's very Tremendous. self-deprecating cuz he he also jokes about he came back as as uh ramdas or or as my brother would call me ramdas <laughs> oh, and his very... father never bit on this either. No. Till his like they they find in his dying breaths, like his father, I sort of they had like a thing, like they yeah. connected in some kind of way, but but it was always just parlor tricks to his dad. You know, yeah. like the, yeah. there was no deeper sort of he's just like, ah, you know, I'm kids, you know. Right. Um but well, if you uh, were if feeling critical or cynical about it, you could you could say, look, this is all cope because you got kicked out of Harvard. Right. I mean, if you're yeah. not feeling generous, I don't yeah. I don't fall on that side of the street. But if you were looking for kind of a cynical, hard nosed, got a scotch in your hand and uh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Can sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sure. that's fair. And you could you could you could you could also I mean, I could also see. But see, he was like, oh, I wish I had it in front of me. I don't know how old he wasn't a kid anymore when he went to India. I think he was already in his 40s, I want to say. Um 
So it's not like you're not talking about like a 22 year old, right? You're talking about a grown man who's had a career and yeah, it didn't end well, but um, certainly had a network of contacts and things. He could have just, you know, he could have moved into occupational therapy or he could have migrated into some kind of consulting work or something very easily. So thank you, um, Brad. It's time for me to do a reading kevin do you mind yes, if please. i do a that's awesome that I love okay? it. not um, at all go i think what we're doing here we are doing a, a timmy leary dark room mm-hmm. but i think we're also giving a teaser for a future <laughs> ramdas episode ramdas core episode that kellen may ha- kellen you might have to to ride along for that one. Oh, i would maybe okay yeah. all right we're teasing it but this is okay go on so 1931 april 6th is when um, Richard Alpert was born. So help me remember 1931, because in 1967, and Brad was 100% right about this, Bhagavan Das guided Alpert throughout India, eventually introducing him to Neem Karoli Baba, whom Alpert called Maharaji, Mm -hmm. uh, who became his guru at the Kanchi Ashram. Neem Karoli Baba gave Alpert the name Ram Das, which means a servant of God, referring to the incarnation of God as Ram or Lord Rama. Albert also corresponded with Indian spiritual teacher Mahir Baba. Um, and then after Albert returned to America as Ram Das, he stayed at the Lama Foundation in Taos, New Mexico as a guest. Um, let's see. And then during Ram Das's visit, he presented a manuscript he had written entitled uh, From Bindu to Ojas, the community's residence, edited, illustrated, and laid out the text, which ultimately became a best-selling book when he published it under the name Be Here Now. Yeah, 460-page yeah. uh, manual on consciousness. And that's a real that book is that book isn't so much, I mean, it is a book, but it's it's not just a bunch of pages of text. It's it's a sort of multimedia. I mean, there's drawings and sketches and it's very, it's a very of its time. I mean, you pick it up and you know that this came out in the late sixties. Um, and uh, I wonder how many people over the years, how many hundreds of thousands or millions of people have maybe have taken a little something, something, mm-hmm. maybe a fistful of something and ended mm-hmm. up totally couch locked with that book. Oh, oh. Just, yeah. dude astrally projected into you know a universe of love and understanding <laughs> he was 36 yeah. okay yeah. so 36 years old when he went to india right so yeah he's a full-grown man and, and <clears throat> yeah he comes back with that book and then it was pretty much i mean he was a continuously relevant spiritual teacher from then on basically. oh yeah yeah um until a couple of years ago when he died that's right um, yeah and yeah, that's that's uh, he's an in- interesting guy. And be here now is like it, 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 it's worth it's worth reading for sure. I mean, just the the fundamental the title we were we were making fun of Midwit Lit yesterday, but like the title is huge. Like yeah. be here now. It sounds oh that's that's easy to do. The other, that's really easy to do. It's not easy to do. It's not <laughs> it's almost impossible to do. Try to do it. Try to actually just be present without judging anything that's happened before or that's that's coming without anticipating anything without wanting anything. Just be it's almost impossible to do. 
<clears throat> you know, he um, he ended up actually uh, reducing that towards the end of his life to less than just the words be here now, those yeah. three syllables. Um, yeah. At the end of his life, he looked at Duncan Trussell, which I know mm-hmm. you two are probably yeah. huge fans of. Yeah. Um, and him and Duncan Trussell were in a pool and all of his post stroke stuff, um, which he described as fierce grace. So it was the mm. fierce grace of God stroking him is the way he put it. <laughs> um he uh, he he synthesized his entire teaching to this, which is. <laughs> <laughs> this is principally an audio podcast. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. couldn't really see Kellen, but I can give you yeah. a play by play. He kind of leaned back ever so slightly in his in his chair, yeah. made a smile and kind of almost imperceptibly exhaled yeah yeah <laughs> that is they define uh, nirvana as blowing the candle out mm-hmm. right it mm-hmm. just means to exhale essentially yeah. yeah interesting well let's let's come back on the after dark and talk more about timmy leary their time at harvard uh the great baba ram das who we will have to do a core episode of probably at this rate in 2024 yeah but very exciting stuff kellen Really grateful to have you on. It's it's good to have you. You're part. You're you're obviously your family, but now you're part of the part of the the dead place. You're part yeah. of the art of darkness family. Yeah, the warmest. I feel, mm. Yeah, I feel like um, I read the entire book of the dead, the Tibetan book of the dead, without having to read it. That's what that's it good. feels like being that's on this podcast. That's that's, that's what we go for. I have <laughs> one more reading from the from the bio uh, to anchor this this back with Timmy Leary and to reiterate the point about. Ramdas being uh, forgiving of Leary, even though they did have their their differences. Uh, Timothy Leary celebrated his 75th birthday at home on Saturday night, October 21st, 1995. This reading is going to give people who may not quite get it yet an idea of just how big these two fellows were in the culture, even all the way through the 90s and, and Ramdas into nearly the present day. Mm-hmm. Uh They had this huge party at the house, which was insane, Leslie Myers recalled. It must have gone out over the internet because there were at least 800 people up there. When Myers reached the top of Tim's Road, and this would have been in L.A., valet Parkers told her that they had been full for the past three hours. Myers got past him by saying she was Dr. Leary's daughter. Well, that'll help. (laughs) She parked behind the catering truck and went to Tim's front door only to discover a huge bouncer guarding it with 50 people waiting to get inside. It's for a dude's 75th birthday party. Hey. Uh, Repeating the lie that she was Tim's daughter, Myers walked right past him. Inside the house, she remembered, it was insanity. You literally couldn't move. All night long, people were walking up to me asking if I could get other people in. I know he's a friend of your dad, they kept saying. Stars like Tony Curtis, Liza Minnelli, and Trent Reznor had turned out to honor Tim. That was a bash, Douglas Rushkoff recalled. (laughs) The great party of parties in Tim's final phase. Those who had known Tim in a previous incarnation were horrified. It was really depressing, Alan U. Schwartz remembered. A public spectacle. There were people coming up the driveway who had never met Timothy Leary in their lives, but they were going to this party, hundreds and hundreds of people. Take a snapshot of that and uh, compare it to an intimate dinner with Helmut and June Newton and my wife and I. The quantum leaps of what happens in a life are evident. 
On November 1st, Dennis Berry moved out of Tim's house to return to Santa Cruz. Her departure caused a seismic shift in his life. My leaving destabilized the house, Barry recalled. I wouldn't have allowed the circus to go on, and Tim might uh, not have needed it. Tim added to the chaos by firing uh, Shaban Sir, an assistant who, along with Vicki Marshall, had been helping to manage his affairs. Without these people around, the circus kicked off in high gear. All right. Like a great king throwing open the front gates of his court, Tim began receiving an endless succession of former associates, friends, and lovers, all of whom felt the need to pay their respects. Allen Ginsberg, William Burroughs, Laura Huxley, uh, and Ram Dass all came to visit him uh, out in L.A. after he had had. Wow. So. Jeez. And then he, you know, and he had he had more time with Ram Dass, and they must have had their kind of uh, last hurrahs and mm-hmm. and a bit of a maybe they sat back and looked at each other and did what Kellen did. Yeah, probably, probably. Uh. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> All right, well let's let's uh, let's come back in in a few minutes and we'll do the after dark. What are we going to so specifically? What are we talking about, Brad? Yeah, so I've got some stuff from a book called primarily called primarily from a book called The Harvard Psychedelic Club. And this is a little sort of inside baseball on exactly what the events leading up to uh, specifically Richard Alpert getting kicked out. But Tim Leary got kicked out at the same time um, as instigated by a leading figure in the integrative and holistic uh, health world. Um, So there's more to the story Mm -hmm. behind them getting kicked out than meets the eye. Yes, there was a bit of a rivalry going on, huh? Yes, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna right. get some details on that, so that should that should be interesting. And Kellen, yeah. and I want to hear. I truly do want to hear more about the Hare Krishna business Absolutely. and what Ramdas means to you and all all the rest of it. I feel like you could go on for quite a long time. I want to give the listeners a mantra that they didn't ask for. Yes, please, please do, Kellen. Yes, right. and this is important. So we've already talked about it today, but there's this great Buddhist teacher who I loved who mentioned that the silence between our mantra is as important as the words themselves. And so here's your mantra. You only have to repeat this for the rest of your life. Love every one. There you have it. Enjoy. 